Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Matt Mitchell, the running editor at Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. All right, so with Western States just a few weeks away, I figured it'd be a good time to have a friend of the podcast, Leah Yingling, back on the show to talk about her preparation heading into the big dance after finishing fifth place last year. And a few major storylines could dictate how the race plays out. Leah also just announced an exciting new partnership with Lululemon. So we get into the details behind how that came about, as well as the brand's further initiative, which is a first of its kind ultra marathon specifically for women that Leah will be running next year alongside podcast alums, Devin Yanko and Camille Heron. But before I bring Leah on, I want to take a quick minute to remind you guys that registration is now live for our 2024 blister summit from February 4th through the 8th. We'll be hosting a series of summit events in our hometown of Mount Crest of Butte, Colorado. Expect a bunch of on-snow activities and demo opportunities from industry-leading brands, panel sessions with company founders and professional athletes, daily restorative yoga, a bevy of food and drink options, and a whole lot more. For more info on what to expect and how to register, check out the link in the show notes. All right, and finally, I also just want to take a sec to remind you guys to leave us a rating or review after this conversation wraps up. Little things like that really help us continue to put out new episodes of the podcast each week. Okay, let's get right into my chat with Leah. Leah, welcome back to the show. Hi, Matt. How's it going? It's been a while. I know. I was just saying that. Uh, we have so much to catch up on, but I thought we probably shouldn't bury the lead. Um, I think we we have to start a conversation by talking about your new partnership with Lululemon and the further initiative, because um, I have so much to ask you about it. Yeah, it's definitely been a long time coming. It was something that was in the works back in November, December timeframe, and kind of had to keep it under wraps for a while. There was a lot of energy, emotion, time, and dedication that went into the launch uh, that we did out in Vancouver for both further and the Blissfield trail shoe, um, just over a little over a week ago now. So, um, I can't say any, like, I, I don't have words, honestly. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty talked out after a very social week in Vancouver for little integratively don't have words. It's just an exceptional experience with incredible people. And, um, I think Lululemon entering both the trail and the ultra running world is kind of unexpected. But really exciting because they're a brand that's always been behind women, um, always been about pushing the boundaries and about lifting other women up and pushing pushing the edge of science too. So I think that part's really exciting. And yeah, there's few things in life that I've ever been this excited to be part of. Yeah, you've had to kind of hold on to that information for quite a while. How does it feel now that it's kind of out in the open? <laughs> it's so nice. It was... Um, yeah, definitely was like counting down the days uh, to whatever. I think it was May 23rd. We got, it was May 23rd at like 2 p.m. I was like, I just can't wait because, you know, I'm a pretty social runner. I run with people all the time. And when you leave a brand in December, there's always questions at every race you do, any training camp you do. You are running into people all the time. They're like, what's next? And you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think what's what's always kind of funny is like, you know, uh, people's contracts are usually like, you know, either up in, in December. And so there's a period where, uh, you'll go on social media and people will be running in like shoes that 
aren't associated with their brand and it's a fun game to be like i wonder who they're gonna sign with um but oh yeah mike had so much fun doing that every time i'd be like doing a workout i have i have a variety of uh road running shoes i'd be wearing like adidas and Saucony and hokas and it was just funny i swear he was doing it. i was like will you stop doing yeah. this <laughs> i know our mutual friend david lamb like gave him fits he's like where where's she signing i was like man i don't know don't ask me <laughs> Um, tell me a little bit about their trail shoe though, the Blissfield trail shoe. Yeah, it's really cool. So it was designed using 1 million foot scans of women's feet. So women, um, historically have not had many products made specifically for them. A lot of the shoes, especially that are made are made with men in mind and women's, um, anatomy is actually quite a bit different. So one of those differences is like a narrow, a more narrow forefoot. Um, also like higher arches. So taking in, into consideration the, the specifics of a woman's anatomy and building that into a shoe. Um, but then also taking in a lot of feedback from women in general. So I've been wearing the shoe a bunch around Salt Lake trails. And I mean, we wore it when we did the first photo shoot with it back in like February, March timeframe, it was like the most un-San Diego day I've ever experienced in my life with like you know, just monsoon weather, storms, mud, everything. And the traction on the shoe is just incredible. And I mean, we were, I was hammering uphill and downhill for the photo shoot for, you know, hours on end. So I, I really enjoyed wearing it so far, especially love it um, on the variety of trails that we have here in Salt Lake. And I think it's a great road to trail shoe, especially for those who are just getting involved in trail running and kind of wanting to see what it's all about. Have you kind of struggled with like the lasts of shoes in the past that have like catered more towards towards men like i feel like there need there should be like there should be there shouldn't just be like men's and women's sizing there should be like men's and women's last and i know like ultra does some of that stuff but they're kind of the only ones now yes and like historically i've really struggled with like sizing in shoes so a lot of the shoes i'd wear of solomon are unisex sizing and i found that a lot of them didn't really like match up with different models and things like that um so what I found with Lululemon shoes so far is like you're, it's very standardized across uh, all the sizing, which is really nice for somebody like me. So yeah, it's it's been interesting that like I haven't seen a lot of things that have been catered to women in shoes and like in products in the past. And it's really exciting not only to see a lot more of that, but to also be part of that, to be part of the product conversations um, and informing you know the little intricacies that go into whether it's the shoe. Um, or just the clothing in general. I know you went up to Vancouver for the launch, uh, like maybe the last week or so. Um, can you tell me about that experience? It looked phenomenal on social media. Yeah, I think I wrote on social media afterwards that I need to start using my PTO in less stressful ways um, because I had a whirlwind of the last two weeks between like being in Vancouver for the further launch for a week and then going straight into the social hours and days that are Western stage training camp. Um, but the event, it was incredible. Um, so I was out in Vancouver for about a week and I've only spent a couple other, um, weeks out there in the past, one other time with Lululemon earlier this year. Um, but this event was just huge. It was taking place at, um, one of their office headquarters there in Vancouver. And on Tuesday, when the event was launched, I mean, it was the who's who within Lululemon um, from the CEO to, you know, all of the 10 further athletes up on stage. And they invited a lot of different media outlets. Um, and which this was really cool because it wasn't just 
trail running specific. It wasn't just ultra running specific or running specific. It was Vogue. It was self. It was, you know, business wire, like all these varieties of media, which is really cool because I think we often talk in ultra running and trail running about, you know, the sport going more mainstream. And like, I see a lot more people getting involved in the sport, a lot more women getting involved in the sport, which is really exciting to me. So seeing that energy and just the variety of people out at the event was just exceptional. Um, we had a bunch of speakers the morning that we got to walk up on stage when they announced everybody. And I think, I mean, they were really concerned about the news leaking beforehand. And I think, I don't think it leaked. And I think it was incredible. And like, everybody was just super shocked. And it was just such a cool experience having every individual be announced in a very, like their own unique way up on the stage. And then being asked, you know, like, what does further mean to you? Like, what are your goals? What are you excited to explore? Because I think the 10 of us are all such different athletes. And I think our answers just really demonstrated that like, we're all on very different journeys in the sport. And that's, what's really cool about it is like, there's so many different storylines that you can get behind. Totally. And I, I went to Lululemon's website and checked out the roster and checked out your teammates and uh, <laughs> like reading each kind of description uh, under their name. I noticed that yours was one of yours was biomedical engineer. And I feel like we haven't talked about what you do outside of running on this show. Uh, so I'm wondering yeah. if you can give me a little bit of insight into what you do uh, full time. Yeah, I was just on the phone with my mom on my way home from work. And I think I just told her this was like the longest work day I think I've had all year. Um, so I um, today was just an, an exceptionally like my days aren't always like this, but I think it was uh, up at four, down at a hospital at five and walked in the door at 715. Um, so yeah, thank you for your patience and like rescheduling my schedule today because it can be mayhem. Um, but yeah, I am a biomedical engineer. I work for um, Johnson and Johnson. They have a company called Biosense Webster, and I work in the field of electrophysiology. And I'm my region is Utah, Idaho, and Montana. And I'm in charge of all the um, medical devices that are launched to electrophysiologists um, in the electrophysiology space for treating different heart arrhythmias. Um, so there's procedures called like cardiac ablations. And the really cool, really interesting, a uh, lot of like physics and electrical engineering principles that go into it. Um, but pretty much uh, I bring new devices, new technology, new software, new hardware to physicians, then also train the entire clinical team that is in the OR um, performing these procedures. So I started this job back in 20, gosh, 2018. Um, and I was one of the people in the operating room um, back in the control room for about three years. And then I think it was the week before Western States last year, I took a promotion and it's been a wild ride. Um, Utah, Idaho, and Montana as my region is just exceptionally vast geographically. Um, so I, I travel a lot and I, I do enjoy it most of the time. Um, there's some weeks where it works with my schedule better than others. I would say with my training recently, it's been it's been a struggle, but uh, I've been getting it done. My sleep's just been suffering a smidge. But I, I get to go to really cool places, often like Kalispell up by Glacier. I get to go to Boise, Billings, you know, nice places, St. George, Utah. So I make my rounds. It's exciting. And it definitely keeps me busy and balanced. Yeah, good places to run, too, at least when they're not <laughs> covered in snow. Exactly. I know. I like to go to St. George in the winter, but I had to spend about three months of the summer there a couple years ago. And I was like, I can't never again. 
this is, I'm going to try and thread this segue, but uh, I <laughs> wanted to talk about some of like the research initiatives um, that further is, is trying to kind of bolster into uh, like women's sports or female athletes. And I'm wondering if you can kind of walk yeah. me through that. Yeah, one of the things that they're really curious about investigating is the gender gap um, whenever it comes to distance running between uh, men and women. So historically, what we've seen is the longer the distance gets, um, women and men start performing similarly, like the gap gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And we've seen that with Camille Heron's 48 hour record very recently. Um, And so Lululemon has partnered with the Canadian Sports Institute and the projects that we're working on are headed by Trent Stellingworth, who's just like incredible endurance researcher with a special focus on reds and women's specifics, um, specific science in endurance sports. Um, his wife was an Olympian for Canada, I believe in the 1500 meters. So he comes from um, like surrounds himself with yeah. lots of incredible endurance athletes himself. I think he even told a story about how he wanted to test his wife's blood lactate levels uh, during labor. And I think he was given a hard no, which I think is just hilarious. So the science runs deep in him and it definitely shows um, in the partnership with Lululemon. So we're putting together um, and participating in a couple different research protocols specifically to understand, you know, why is it that this gap starts closing the longer the distance gets? So how do we better understand um, fatigue resistance in ultra marathoners? So we've participated in some VO2 max studies, some blood lactate studies, um, done a couple different things in that respect, but then also understanding how do women perform whenever they're well-supported. So what does well-supported mean? It means something different to every person. Um, like for my case, I'm being supported by like a nutritionist, a mental performance coach, um, strength training, things like that. So how do we really get the best out of ourselves? Well, being supportive is step one. And um, I mean, that's just one piece of the puzzle, but I could even say from like a brand standpoint, like I've never interacted with such great humans in my life. And I mean, that's just a breath of fresh air and takes a lot of stress out of the day to day when you're just engaging with humans that you would be best friends with, like you want to be friends with. They listen to you, they empathize with you, they understand you, and it just leaves you feeling all around mentally better. Um, so I know that part isn't a part of the science, but to me, it is part of my science. And I feel like just in general, since partnering with them, like despite my work life being kind of all over the place at times, I've just, I've never felt just more relaxed in my approach to training and running and life. Yeah. It sounds just like so holistic, you know, like they're very much your support crew. And I, I get the sense that maybe I'm wrong, but like they probably don't put a ton of weight on like performance. Like they don't really care for like what place you come in. I mean, to a certain extent. No, yeah, no, it's it's really cool because um, that was also something we got to help inform was, you know, they've never partnered with ultra marathoners before. They're not familiar with, you know, what are the competitive races that you're doing? You know, a lot of brands have incentive structures within our contracts. What do those incentive structures look like? And we got to help inform those. We got to say like, Hey, these are the competitive races. This is, like where the where everybody's going and competing. So that part was really unique and not just being told like, hey, you know, we sponsor these races, you need to do them. Like their mantra is like, we want you to be able to get these incentives and perform your best and reach your potential. So like, how can we meet you where you're at? 
Right. And you kind of get to show them like what this sport is all about, which is huge. Totally. And like, I think another piece to me that was just amazing whenever I started my conversations was um, they're even supporting me financially to support a community initiatives here in Salt Lake City. So in my initial conversations with them, they told me like, you know, they loved my science background. They loved like the engagement I have with community, um, you know, what I'm doing in the podcasting and commentating space, things like that. And asked if there was anything, any way that they can contribute to a piece that I'm passionate about. And something that I'm passionate about is like bringing more women to trail running in general. Um, so I was able to receive a stipend from them to support um, my local Salt Lake City women's trail running community too, which I think is just really exceptional. Is that women of the Wasatch? Um, yes, I plan on uh, partnering with them for something, hopefully this fall, but I'm still brainstorming along with Mike on that. Awesome. And as far as the uh, kind of six day event. Can you talk about that at all? Or are you yeah, sworn to secrecy? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're slightly sworn to secrecy on some aspects of it, but it will be, it will be six days. Um, we're not decided entirely on location yet or what exactly the course will look like. Um, but it's going to be really cool. We're going to have like specific kits made for the event, um, that are really catered to performance and feeling your best because whenever you feel your best, you perform your best. And I, I love that piece. Um, I think that's really cool. And I also told them like, when I look my best, I also perform my yeah. best. So. Look good, feel good. Wasn't that like, <laughs> I think that was like Deion Sanders said that or something. Exactly. Football player. Yeah. So we're all going to have different goals. I think, like I mentioned at the beginning of our chat, um, there's 10 different female athletes, all from various um, parts of the running trajectory. You know, there's Camille who has run for 48 hours straight. And there's someone on the team who's, you know, just ran five miles for the first time last month. So we're all going to have very independent individual goals. But I think as a team and as a cohesive unit, it's going to be really unique and cool to be out there um, alongside the different women and just cheering them on uh, to see them all reach their potential. Um, but for me, not entirely sure what I'm going to go after yet. Maybe thinking about like a hundred mile, fast hundred mile or perhaps a 24 hour time. And then after uh, doing that, seeing what I've got left for the remaining five days. Yeah. And that kicks off uh, on International Women's Day next year? Yes, exactly. Awesome. going to be well, a fun I'm, week. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that for sure. But before then, we have Western States, sure which I have do. to talk to you about. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about like, yeah, how are you, how are you thinking about it this year? I know you were up in uh, Auburn over Memorial Day for, for training camp. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I have the poison oak to show for it. Oh, I no. mean, I'm covered. And, you know, I've, I feel like last year, so I did in 2022, I did canyons and then I did Western States training camp and then I did Western States. So I was just in this chronic state of poison oak from April to June. Yep. And I feel like this year is exactly the same. I did way too cool in March, had poison oak till April, and now I've got it again in May and I'm probably going to have it through July. Um, but, you know, it's all part of the process. Well, this year is like <laughs> particularly heinous because everything is just so verdant and like green. I know. Um, it's so nice. Yeah. It's nice until like, you know, you're <laughs> scratching at two in the morning and you can't sleep. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, my, my approach this year has been like pretty vastly different than last year. Like not really on purpose, just like following the ebbs and flows of life this year. You know, yeah. I... I'm a firm believer in stress is stress is stress. And, you know, my work has been like way more stressful than it has in the past. I've had a ton of travel and commitments with Lululemon, all good things. But at the end of the day, like it's stress. 
So how am I balancing those things that fill my cup in so many ways with, you know, my training and making sure that I'm keeping my training in check, not overdoing it because at the end of the day for me, um, showing up on race day is really like, I want to feel like, I want to feel good. I want to feel ready. I want to feel rested and not overcooked in the least. So I haven't done too much this year. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. And I've actually never felt as fit and ready to go before. So I think it's all working. I'm really happy with it. And I think Western States last year, like was just the best race of my life. So it's going to be a hard one to top. That's why I recruited you again to be part of my crew. (laughs) So we can just run it back. (laughs) Yeah. I think like you said on your Strava recently, you're like, feel feeling pretty fit to like run 100 miles and i almost commented like i'm feeling pretty fit to try and pace you for like <laughs> 20 or something like that uh so i think it are or yeah are uh you we're, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be in good good shape yeah it's, it's gonna be good i mean i've been following your training and i saw that elon was trying to slander you the other day and i had to stick oh, yeah. up for my number one pacer on the yeah, comments. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we got into a little tiff that i can tell you about more maybe on the Western States Trail. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, I had you crew me for, or pace me for, and crew me all day, but pace me from pretty much the river to mile 94 or so last year. So I know we haven't chatted much yet, but you're doing the same section. Okay, cool. <laughs> Hopefully you'll be tired by then. Although, I don't know, last year I feel like you gained strength as, as the miles tick by. I, I want to every like, probably like every three months, the video gets passed around of, you like at the end of your pacing duties last year when I think you just really had to go to the bathroom and the rest of the crew was just like, come on, Matt, we got to hustle. We can't right now. Yeah. I just like, <laughs> I pulled up, uh, I think to like, yeah, pointed rocks and was like, Oh, I'm so tired. And then someone gave me like the keys to a Subaru and it was like, you got to drive like 25 minutes to the finish line. Like right now. I was like, Oh, I'm going to try. Like, <laughs> I don't know if this is legal, but <laughs> oh, what a day. <laughs> uh, what do you think about all the snow this year? Oh man, it, there was a lot. Um, I'm excited about it. I mean, I think the more heinous conditions, the better off I will be. So yeah. give me all the snow. I see these reports right now that are like the snow is trending downward and they're like, Oh, it's all going to be melted at the snow tell at Palisades by race day. And you know, there's going to be snow on the course and I'm really excited to navigate it. I run in snow all winter here up on the trails and it's tough. Like actually the snow on the course from Robinson flat, um, it was just over 10 K of straight snow. And it was like the least fun snow to run on in the world. Like the kind where you're kind of like punching through occasionally. And I think at one point I punched through and completely like face planted into a giant puddle, um, just dousing myself head to toe. So honestly, I think it's going to be part of the day. I think Western States conditions this year are going to be pretty brutal with the combination of snow and then the really exposed sections from the fires. Right. I think there's like 18 miles of previously unexposed trail that is now subject to the sun, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. Um, But, you know, I like to control all the controllables. So hopefully I can take care of myself pretty decently out there. We will have like two less crew stops this year in the early on like the drier side of um, the canyons. I think Duncan Canyon and Dusty Corners are dusty. Yeah. Okay. Does that change your approach at all? 
No, I, I mean, I feel like everybody knows how I run races at this point and yeah. I'm probably going to do it again. So just going to chill early on and hopefully make some friends, have some fun chats and then get to work around Forest Hill. Yeah. Um, I feel like last year, your, your, uh, game plan of having like two different kind of cars full of crew was very smart. And I didn't see a lot of people doing that. So I wonder if like that'll catch on and we'll just have trouble parking everywhere. <laughs> I know. I know. And this year with like there being less crew options, I feel like I haven't exactly like cut down my crew very much. I've probably like added to it. Um, so I think there's going to be various spots like, and I, I Mike's going to be taking on a more intense like photography role at Western States this year. So I'm going to delegate some of the other big crew responsibilities to others on the crew. So. You'll probably still be driving a Subaru from Pointed Rocks to the finish mat. (laughs) Hopefully you'll be in the lead this time. though. (laughs) Uh, Are there any kind of other storylines that you find particularly fascinating this year? Oh, man. I think like I think the men's race is just completely wide open, which is really exciting. So I know, unfortunately, Adam Peterman uh, recently had to withdraw from Western States due to a stress fracture. And um Man, I feel so bad for him because I do feel like his approach to the sport has just been spot on the last couple of years and just like with longevity in his focus. Um, so sad to see him not return to the start line. But for the men that are, are racing, I feel like it's a wide open field. So I was just on a run. Yes. I, yeah, I had a great run yesterday. Actually, it was like all the Salt Lake people who are or several of the Salt Lake people who are running Western State. So it was Anthony Costales, uh, Ryan Montgomery, me, and then a bunch of like pacers and crew for that. It wasn't. It was just happenstance, but we were talking about the men's race, um, Ryan and I, and it's just so exciting. I just don't know what's going to happen. Like we were running along and we're like, oh, and then there's this person. And then like a mile would go by and it'd be like, oh my God, we forgot about this person. So I think the men's field is just extremely, extremely deep. I think the women's field is a little different in that, like there's a really competitive, I would say like top four or five. Um, and, you know, like not everybody's going to have their best day ever. So I think then it's going to be just an interesting mix of like a lot of people in my head who I'm like, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to be top 10. But you just don't know, like, who's going to go for it and who it's going to stick um, on the top of the women's field. So I think seeing Courtney return to Western States is going to be awesome. I know she's going for the uh, Western States hard rock double. I heard even whisperings of potentially UTMB, which would be so freaking cool. Oh, man. Uh, so I think Courtney at Western States, I'm like the biggest Courtney fan girl. So. Um, following in her footsteps somewhere far behind out there. But I think uh, really just excited to see what she does, like what Katie Scheid does. I think I've been following along with her training and really cool to see her putting some miles on, not only on the Western States course, but also out in Flagstaff as well. Totally. Have you heard about uh, what Pam Reed is trying to do? Oh, what is it? I I did, but now I'm blanking. What is it? She has like seven Western States finishes and I think she's trying to run Western States, Hard Rock, and Bad Water all mm. within like 20 days. Oh, I think she's like 62 years old. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Oh my God. Horrible. <laughs> she was on our flight, I think back from UTMB last year. Um, and I, I could just tell like they were wearing like race shirts. I think we were wearing race shirts. They're like, oh, when did you do the Bear 100? Like, yeah. Oh, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. And then another storyline that I find like almost unfathomable is uh, Gene Dykes is attempting to be the oldest Western States finisher. I think he's like 75. That would be incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't know the weather in um, Auburn in the Sacramento area recently. It's been 
I mean, it was really hot in March and May. Uh, but I mean, like even here in Salt Lake, it's really cooled down for the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, we could also see cool weather on race day, which isn't exactly what I want, but it'd be fun for some fast times. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Although I don't know, I think the snow is just going to like put, probably put the course record out of reach. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I feel like. That's right up your alley. Yeah, let's just make it a battle of attrition out there. <laughs> no, I feel like we're we're entering in this like cool, I don't know, probably three week three week stretch of just amazing trail running. Like we have the Dipsy this weekend. Yes. Uh the World Mountain Running Championships in Innsbruck. Uh I think when does that start? Like Thursday? I, I think yeah, maybe even I think it's Thursday. I think opening ceremonies might be tomorrow actually. Um Hey, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but yeah, you're right. Just such exciting times. And I think those races are, I mean, I could go on and on about the U S women's teams, especially this year, but like we're coming home with gold on for several teams this year, I believe. So really excited to follow along from home, unfortunately, but fortunately for him, Mike went out there yesterday and he's already had a, a full day with lots of schnitzel. So living vicariously through his pictures. Yeah, no, I mean, he has really, uh, really taken off. I feel like he's, um, yeah, in full form now is uh, one of our premier photographers in our sport. Yeah, he's everywhere all at once, I think, like, I swear. <laughs> and somehow, like, I get dragged along for all this. But I mean, a lot of it is also my doing. But I think even I, out at Worlds, he told me today, he's like, oh, yeah, everybody's asking me where you are. And I was like, oh, girl, girl's got to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Compared to like last year, do you think this year, like your training for Western Straits has been like more, um, I guess, like to the plan? Like, I feel you've every weekend, you've just been doing these like yeah. super long, yeah, back to back long runs. I've always, I've never actually done a training block quite like this because I'm a serial racer. Usually I like it. And I feel like it's an opportunity for me to see where my fitness is. And like last year, for example, it really wasn't my intention to race like, 200 Ks and a 40 miler before Western States. It was just like trying to get a golden ticket and it all worked out that way. Uh, so this year, like it's been kind of nice. It's been very much like the periodicity that I've always said I wanted in my training. Like last year, even like looking at my training before Western States, it was like, you know, taper, race, recover, taper, race, recover. And like before Western States, I maybe had a few 40 mile weeks because I was like recovering from things maybe like 180 mile week and then back down to like 40 or so. And it, I mean, it worked out that this year it's been nice to like build my speed through the winter, you know, race a fast 50 K at way too cool. And then just base build for a lot of the spring ran a 50 miler and then did a good like chunk of like seven weeks of volume uh, for the last couple months. And it's what I've always wanted in my training. So I'm, I'm pretty happy that my, my lifestyle has allowed for that this spring. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious, like how different, if at all, the result will be on race day, given the very different approaches that I had both this year and last year. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to, uh, to be a part of it again. Uh, yeah. Thanks for, for tapping me in. This should be a good one. <laughs> I'm so excited. I know I was talking to David Lamb at some point earlier this spring. He's like, oh yeah, Matt said it. He's either on your crew or he's on no one's crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, yes. I have my reasons. <laughs> All right, Leah, I'll get you out of here. We've both had long days. Um, we will talk again soon. Yay. Thanks, Matt. This is fun. That's it for this edition of Off the Couch. 
Thanks to Leah for the conversation. Thanks to Justin Bob for producing this episode. And from everyone here at Blister, please take good care of yourself, keep moving forward, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>